Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the Nortman Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. However you may be listening, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or through any of the podcast platforms, thank you for being here. I'm your host, Pete Newbig, and on this episode, we're going to talk to Bob Preston, President and CEO of North County Property Management out in California. We're going to talk about the five ways to kick off your 2022 Bob Preston, MPM, RMP, is broker owner of North County Property Group, which is a CRMC, in Del Mar, California. He's past president of the California State Chapter and currently the Southwest Regional RVP. Bob has been in the PM business for 21 years, has four children. He's put three through college and one on the way. Bob is an avid hiker and has hiked numerous segments of the John Muir Trail in High Siena. I look forward to talking to Bob here in a few minutes, but first, let's get to our hot topic of the day. So the hot topic today is, should NARPM pay members that present at conferences? So I get most of my hot topics from the NARPM um, and some of the industry Facebook groups, and this one got pretty heated from some different members. So over the last couple of years, there's been a lot more chatter uh, on the discussion groups and, of course, at the bar and the conferences surrounding this topic. For those of you who don't know, obviously NARPM pays the professional speakers. I don't think Damon John is going to speak at a NARPM conference uh, for free anytime soon. And obviously NARPM wants to book good speakers that are relevant to our industry or to business in general to bring the members great content to make sure that everyone gets value out of the conference. These speakers are paid. They do not have to pay for the conference and are allowed to attend said conference, which of course most of them don't, but they have, the, they have the option. They do their speaking engagement, hang around for a few minutes, and then typically they head out. The NARPM conference format has main sessions. These main sessions are attended by all attendees, and that is when the paid speakers or the, you know, the public speakers speak. And then there are breakout sessions. And these breakout sessions are typically sessions headed by a member or an affiliate of NARPM. A member creates a presentation and presents information that is relevant to the industry. The debate here is, should these members that present, one, get a free entry into the conference, two, get perks like a free hotel room or flight, and three, get paid for presenting? Now, the folks who believe that these members should get perks are that the member is giving up their time both in creating the presentation and coming to the conference and presenting. In some cases, a member presenting may not find value in the conference as a whole and maybe not even attend the conference, but they do because they are presenting. And finally, the people who believe they should get paid believe that the landscape is changing, which it is. There are more conferences out there in our industry, and those conferences are giving perks to member speakers or to presenters in the form of payment and hotel rooms and, and things of that nature. Now, the folks on the side who believe that NARPA members should not get perks or get paid is that NARPM was built on members giving back to members. This is the core foundation of NARPM. This has been instilled into the NARPM culture. And when I ask members, you know, why are you still a member of NARPM or what's the biggest value, they talk about one of the number one things is how members give back to members. The other thing is that there's a lot of breakout sessions, which means that there are a lot of NARPM members that would get paid which means NARPM would be paying lots of money. And this, of course, may increase in conference fees. So I see both sides of the debate. Now, you have to remember, even though this is a NARPM podcast and I am, you know, the NARPM podcast host, the thoughts and views of me, yours truly the host, are not necessarily those of NARPM. So I have an opinion like everyone. And since I have the microphone, I'm going to go ahead and give this, give my opinion here. So should NARPM pay its members? to present at conferences. 
So I want to make sure that we're clear here. We're talking about professional members and not affiliate members. I have a whole different opinion on when it comes to affiliate members presenting. So where do I come out on this topic? Well, I believe that members who present at a breakout at a national conference should receive free admission to the conference. So I'm not a believer that they should get paid or even get perks of a free hotel room and free flight. Now, I understand that organizations do more, but I still believe in the core principle of NARPM is to give back. Now, if a member is going to be a main stage speaker, then all bets are off. I think they should be treated like a main stage speaker. And yes, that would include pay and, and maybe even a, a hotel room. So again, I believe that, you know, yes, we should get a perk. Like if I'm a member presenting my own content, I should not have to, to pay for the conference. That should be something that NARPM should be willing to, to give me as a perk. And it's not a direct cost to NARPM, but also understand that there's probably, you know, 30 people who are who are going to be members coming to the conference that are 30 admissions that we're not going to get from NARPM. So I do see that. But look, it's a fun debate. I see that NARPM is taking the pulse of its members, and I'm sure they'll take in all the information, and I'm sure they'll make great decisions. So that's the hot topic today. Let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. Welcome back to the uh, NARPM podcast. And now we're going to go ahead and interview our guest today. We got Bob here. And so first, thank you for being here. So we have Bob Preston, North County Property Management Group. Pro yeah, North County Property Group. North County Property Group here. Yeah. out of thanks California. So <laughs> thanks again for being here. So Bob, um, you know, I like, to ask, I like to ask all my property managers when they come on, how do you get started in this business? Because no one ever, get, you know, like when I'm in high school and they have career day, I'm never like, man, I really want to be a property manager when I grow up. Right. How did you get into the business? Well, wow, this is a long story. I'll, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories, though. I, I like to tell it. I get a little vulnerable, though, telling the story. So, so, you know, sometimes it brings a slight tear to my eye. So you and I have actually something in common. You didn't know this, but we both started our careers in technology. I did okay. not know that. Yeah. So I am a former Silicon Valley executive. I had a terrific career in Silicon Valley. I helped two companies go public during the late 90s. And uh, around the year 2000, I was up there loving life, dug Silicon Valley, such a great lifestyle up there, you know, just a, an amazing career going. But I had a personal problem in that I had three children from a previous marriage that I was trying to be a dad to still, and they lived in San Diego. And they got to be, I guess, about middle school age. And it got to the point where, you know, I had to make a decision because they weren't coming to see me. And, and so I was going to see them every other weekend, living in two different places. Tough but as, but as an executive, it's, it's hard to, to get away. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And then, you know, hard to just have some downtime, you know, a social life wherever you're living, you know. So I finally, you know, was tugging at my heart. So I finally made this decision to jump off the Silicon Valley treadmill. I was in a position to do that. And I moved back to San Diego and didn't really know what I was going to do. Started buying some of my own properties, some of my own investment properties, was looking for a property manager, also doing some consulting work, but couldn't find anybody that I trusted, you know, and they were all using still sticky notes and binders and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going, hey, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? 
And that's kind of what got me into it. So that's and interesting. So I so started you, this. So I started this little schedule e company, all right, on my on a personal tax form, just for like sole proprietorship called North County Property Group. And then I had other, you know, investors ask me, "Hey, will you manage my property?" And then I realized, well, I better get my broker's license, right? <laughs> so long story short, brick by brick, here I am, still twenty years later. Twenty year, twenty one years later. Yeah, um, yeah what, still cranking. Yeah, so like when you're an investor and you look at, and you're going out and you're, and you're interviewing uh, folks. And you're seeing like they're like way behind the times. You're like, I can build a better mousetrap, basically. For sure. Yeah. 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 And I like to tell that story too when I when I talk to new owners who might be coming into the portfolio because it's my way of telling them, hey, look, this is my business, right? I created this based on my background and what I found and learned in Silicon Valley. I'm not just some realtor who decided to get into property management. Right. Yep. Yeah. Your professional property management, property manager, property management yeah. company. And there's a difference. Is uh you know this industry we get a bad rap from time to time because of the agents or realtors that do this part time and God knows I see on the I'm in Texas so we see the, the Texas Real Estate Commission complaints and like a lot of them are you know fly by night property managers that left with security deposits like people yep. still do that in this day and age. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's crazy. So Bob, I know you've given a lot back to Narpum, but just being a general member of Narpum, how has Narpum affected your business or impacted your business? Well, it's had a big impact. First of all, I mean, the things that I've learned being a member of NARPM, I couldn't have learned anywhere else. The first, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the first few years, first five or six years, I didn't have time, right? I was this fledgling property management company. I had my nose down. I mean, most of it I was doing myself. And the thought of being a member of some organization, especially volunteering, was just, I didn't, I just didn't have time. And then finally, I kind of saw the light and I attended my first conference. And I was just like, wow, you know, and I, the sidebar is I met all these cool people too, right? Yeah. I mean, all these people that have become great friends, great contacts, people that I can call up and ask questions to when when I don't know the answer or when I want another opinion. So it's been a it's been a really, really great uh, part of my property management experience. No question. You know, it's funny um, when you start out, you're so busy or you think you're so busy that you don't spend the time or the investment, right? You're not making a lot of money and you're busy to actually go to a national conference or a broker owner. And that's where you actually, that's where you see the light. That's where things get a lot easier once you start learning and start implementing. And then you see people that are, that have been in the foxhole where you are. And so I find it really crazy where we have members that have never been to a national conference. And I'm like, man, a national conference will change your life, will change your business, which will change your life. Yeah. And then, you know, it's funny. I started having some vendors who are going after property managers calling on me saying, Hey, can I come talk to you about this or that or whatever? And I'm all, yeah, okay. I'd reluctantly agree. And then that'd be, Hey, I never see you at the NARPA meetings in San Diego. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't have time. They're all, Oh, you got to start going, you know? So, so yeah. that was kind of funny. That was a precipitating factor too. the encouragement of people that weren't even property managers, right? The, the vendors who were selling to the property managers that got me finally to show, which up. helps the local chapter. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So now you are the regional vice president of the Southwest region. You don't live in the Southwest region, right? I mean, aren't you in the Pacific region? Like you're in California, right? Isn't that its own region? I recall. Yeah. No, I'm in San Diego yeah. and you know, pretty close though. It's a yeah. quick but, drive. But if you want to go Arizona. see a chapter, it's a long drive or it's a flight. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. It's about, uh, it's about five hours to Arizona, about the same to Nevada. Okay. So, you know, I mean, if I was covering Northern California, it wouldn't be any different. So um, that's okay. We've already got somebody covering the Pacific region for the RVP's position. And, and this is a, this is a great, great region. By the way, I love it because I'm an avid skier and snowboarder, right? <laughs> got Colorado, got Nevada, got, you know, Utah. <laughs> pretty Not decent, pretty, pretty nice places to, to go and spend some time for sure. Yeah. So obviously I know the RVP position. Well, I had done it for a couple of years. I know it takes a lot of time and effort. So why give back to NARPM? Well, I don't know. I guess there's a, a feeling of some obligation back to the organization that I think is important because I've received a lot from it. And then I think there's a desire to kind of play at the national level, right? And and, and I kind of like the fact that the chapters in my region are not in the state of California because it allows me to learn more about those particular laws and those states and the respective aspects and and all the different ordinances that they have to deal with on a day in and day out basis you know i know california like the back of my hand so i think this is kind of fun and i'm getting to know a lot of good people 
That's cool. You get to know so many people in so many different states now. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you actually are a podcast host, so I'm a little nervous yep. interviewing you because you are <laughs> a seasoned podcast host. You host the Property Management Brainstorm podcast. Where can So tell us a little bit about how you came into that. Tell me a little bit about what that podcast, you know, what the discussions are and where, where can people find it? Yeah. First of all, yeah, you can find it. You can just Google property management brainstorm and it pops up. It's an extension on my company website, right? So that's really easy to find. You can also find it on all the usual platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. It's called property management brainstorm. And I got into it primarily, I think, just to talk about different aspects that I could teach my clientele about, right? Bring more credibility to my company, North County Property Group. And then along the way, I found that other people from other states and cities were listening and they're kind of like, hey, we'd like to we'd like to hear more of your thoughts on property management in general. And this is about the time that I probably got more involved in NARPA. And I was also the uh, Cal California State Chapter President. I'm currently still serving as the past president for Cal NARPA. And a lot of people wanted to hear my opinions about things. So I kind of have expanded it to cover topics. So, you know, you're going to be a guest here coming up talking about virtual staff members. And that's going to be a fun topic because that's something that's important for everybody, right? Who's oh, in yeah. the industry. So if you haven't checked out his podcast, I highly recommend you do. And what's your, what's the website, the, your website that they can go that's easily? Uh, ncpropertygroup.com forward slash property management brainstorm. Cool. All right. Thanks. All right. So now let's get into the meat of it. So when I asked you, Hey, Bob, what do you want to talk about? And you're like, Hey man, it's the new year. We're recording this in January, folks. So I don't know when NARPM is actually going to, to actually <laughs> put this out there for consumption. So you said, let's talk about the five ways that a property manager to, to uh, five ways to start off a new year. Now, I don't know if they're property management specific. So, so give us your, I'm going to do a little drum roll. So, you know, give us like number five, like what do you have them like in order or do you just have? Uh, I do. Yeah. Right. I'll start with number one. And All look, right. these, some of these might be more oriented towards owners of the company, right? People who own their property management company, but not everything. And, and I think most of these are applicable to if you're affiliate or you're a vendor or you're somebody, you know, like yourself, Pete, who's starting out your year. And some of these may seem obvious, but that's okay. You know, I mean, right, right. Uh, there are things that most companies should do. And so I've been invited to a couple of chapter meetings to talk about this too. And I, I think there's no time like January. I get really excited about January and it's kind of fun to talk about this kind of stuff. But I mean, look, if this runs in March, April, you can still do this any time of the year, right? And I think the very first thing, again, this may seem obvious, but you got to have a forecast or a plan, right? Forecast budget, strategic plan, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, again, this may seem obvious, but you would be surprised. Oh, <laughs> right? you don't surprise me. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So you, I, I'm, I was surprised at first of how few people have a budget and how few people have a forecast. Yes. You know, yeah. and even in these chapter meetings where I've been invited in to talk about this, I get pushback like, well, you know, everybody knows what we need to be doing for the year. And, and we know when we have a good year, I'm like, well, how, how do you know if you have a good year, right? Don't you want to sickles and don't you want to, don't you want to inspire people to achieve these goals and stuff like that? But that's just my thing. You know, to me, it's obvious. I like tracking door count, gross profit. I like to have a headcount plan in place that's tied to Basically, you, know, you do uh, headcount uh, number of doors per per person per operate per operational person or I do, but that's not how I, I mean, I basically because because headcount, you know, you, you have different costs involved. So it's more a percentage in the in Got it. So you're doing a you're doing like profit. a cost per door. Yeah, salary much. cost per door. You know, and then also your projected income. And it's also not one and done. I mean, you can't just set your plan and then be done with it and look at it, you know, a couple of times during the year. I look at it on a regular basis, at least once a month. Okay. And then on a quarterly basis, I consider revising it based on what trajectory we're on. So if it's on a faster trajectory or lower trajectory, I might want to change it. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there was this kind of, you know, I'm like, oh my God, you know, our, our, our company's so screwed, you know, this is going to be a bad year. And so we had this sort of doom and gloom forecast that we called it, right? We had another version of it that was the doom and gloom. What if nobody pays their rent forecast? And that one was pretty ugly. So now, by the way, before we, before uh, we go out of there, like, so I know it's hard to build a forecast, like at the beginning of the year, do you recommend yes. that they actually start building a forecast like in December, January, and then you have, you kind of tweak in it and finalizing the forecast in January or for January one? 
Yeah, typically I, I start mine in December. A lot of yeah. people I know start theirs kind of after Thanksgiving, right? That's a very common time. Yeah. And then once you have one in place, it's obviously easier to do the next year's yeah. version. You can do a, you can do a whole a whole segment just on forecasting, by the way. Totally right. <laughs> and if you want that, I mean, our good friends at Profit Coach. I don't know if they've been on the show yet, but you know, yet. they have a template that they give away for free, right? So if you Google Profit Coach and go to their website, they probably have a link to it, and it's really good. I use it. And you can download it and they want you to have it, right? So that's a good place to start. Now tell me, uh, so you look at your forecast monthly. I think I used mm-hmm. to look at mine quarterly. I think every three months I was looking at mine, but the budget I was looking at monthly because you know, once you reconcile the bank accounts and all that stuff, you're kind of putting the numbers in and you know you have the report side by side, budget versus mm-hmm. actuals. So I would look at that monthly. Do you look at all, yes. you look at both of them monthly? Same, same thing to me. They're, they're part of, they're different tabs on us in a spreadsheet and we keep like our trust accounting and portfolio, but our company books, we keep on QuickBooks online. You can actually upload the budget aspect into QuickBooks. So yeah, you know, basically performance versus actual or budget versus actual on a monthly basis. But then if you start noticing discrepancies on any one line item, then you kind of have to go back and then take a look at the overall plan, kind of what you've got projected out for the whole so I, I know I'm going to keep going in the, on this because I'm just really interested. <laughs> We're going to take up all our time on this one. I'm just really interested. So yeah. I, for me, the revenue aspect of a forecast was a lot more difficult to come up with than the expense side. Do you find that to be the, the case as well, or do you find it the opposite? I do. It's really, really difficult. But you, are you saying you, that the income projection is more difficult? Than for me, for me, it was than the expense because totally. the expenses were like, all right, well, I know what my monthly rent is. I know what like you know most of your fixed expenses are that fixed, so it's really easy to put in, right? And Other you've than, got and you've got historical data and you have right? historical the, data. Yeah. Now here's the here's the catch, and this is I'm going to actually skip down to number five now. My number five, I've, okay, we talked about budgeting, right, and and, and forecasting. Yeah. My number five is challenge yourself to the fifteen percent budget trim challenge. Oh, I love that. Make yourself do it. And this is what happens every year, Pete. Like you have budget creep, right? Like you subscribe to things that you end up not using. (laughs) You should do this in your personal life too, by the way, not just in your business. (laughs) I do, but I'm not as good at it, right? The the cobbler's kids have no shoes and and I'm, I'm a worse offender. But yeah, I mean, these things and they hit the credit card and I don't always check the credit card statement. My accountant pays it. And then after a while, I look back on the year and like, okay, what's this line item? So I challenge myself every single year to try to trim 15% of fat out of the budget. That's a big number, 15%. It is, but I found it this year. Now we still have an office. Okay. I know a lot of people out there have gone completely virtual in the pandemic, but we still have an office. And one of the very first things I did, and this is back at the end of last year, I went to our landlord and I'm like, Hey, look, this office doesn't have as much value to me anymore because half my team's working hybrid. So what are you going to do for me? Right? Boom. 25% reduction in my my rent. Right? So that was a big chunk. And then the other thing, right? sometimes it's just make that call and ask what's the worst thing to say is no. Right? Exactly. I called, you know, we have spectrum for our Wi-Fi. I call them every single year. They usually do something for me. They throw me a bone. Right. And then the other big chunk that I found this year, we had a VoIP service through VoIP service called, well, I should, probably shouldn't say their name. They were horrible. And I went to the folks at Zoom, Zoom phone. And I said, hey, what will you do for me if I move my VoIP service? And they're all, we'll give it to you for free for 18 months. Right? Wow. So I dumped the old VoIP service and saving now about 300 some odd dollars a month because Zoom, they're doing it for me for free for the whole year. So stuff like that can really be found and trimmed and it makes a big impact at the end of the year. That right there is worth the price of admission. Right there. <laughs> right. You know, when, when I, when I did it, I realized like I had like 28, you know, Google accounts when I only had like 14 people working for me. Right. I'm like, Oh wait, yeah. you know, and that was like five, $8 a month. These, it's these little things that just kind of creep up. And like you said, there was some software package. I'm like, Hey, what is this software package? Well, we'd start marketing programs and we'd never finish them. And yet we were paying mm-hmm. like a, a monthly subscription on stuff. And I'm like, what, what exactly is this? You know? So I did the 10%, but 15% is, uh, you're right. I, I think it is very doable for most companies, especially if you haven't done it in a yeah. while. Well, good on you. I mean, 10% is a good number, right? Whatever it is, yeah. the, the, the important thing is to go through the process, right? And decide what you're going to do. And remember, the other- every dollar saved is a dollar. When I make yes. revenue, every dollar I make 
only is only equal to 20 cents if I'm running a 20% profit margin or 30 cents if it's a 30% profit margin, right? But when you right. cut a dollar, that's 100%. That's a dollar in your pocket. Yep. The other big one I look at every year, and for those of us who are, who are growing companies in this business, you know, there's a big number that's tied to your general liability and E&O package, right? Mm. I mean, that's yeah. a big one, right? Yeah. And it's going up, 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 up pretty much every year for us. And so yep. I shop it around right? I don't have my answers back yet. Those don't come due till about Q2 sometime, but I'm shopping it. And Smart. that is a really, really hard and fast, true way to possibly trim some, trim some fat. And these are the things that you have to cut time for, right? A lot of these, a lot of us out there, we, we never have time. And I always said that if you run a business in chaos, you can't make money, mm -hmm. right? Because you can't do these things. You can't do the forecasting, the budgeting. You, you can't trimmed the fat so to speak you don't have the you don't have the time or, or even the mental capacity because you're always in chaos mode and so these are things that you literally have to carve time out for to do absolutely and it's probably why i only do it once a year right i mean i'm looking <laughs> at my budget every month but i'm really like okay i gotta i gotta keep an eye on that i gotta keep an eye on that unless something really jumps out like okay we gotta stop that now because it's totally not producing any kind of an roi then it's usually you know usually waits until the end of the year yeah Number three, or actually, this is number two. We did number one. We did number five. This is number two. We did the bookends. We did one and five. Now we're getting yeah, the meat. Right? We, we'll did, the, we we'll did the bread. Get... Now we're getting to the meat and the lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We're getting to the inside stuff. I do every year. I know there are a lot of fans of EOS, entrepreneurial operating system that are in the property management business, right? And I kind of am. I'm not going to get into what the model is, but basically it's if the, the, the model basically says that there are six aspects to every company. And if you manage those effectively and have them nailed, you're going to be, you're going to be successful as an organization, right? Yep. And EOS offers a free organizational checkup survey online. It's free, right? And I do it every year with my staff. With the staff. Okay. So tell yeah. me more about that. Well, it's a 20 question survey takes about five or 10 minutes for each person. And look, if you've got a larger organization, you might want to limit it to your management team, whatever, you know, okay. at a certain level. I give it to everybody and it's amazing what you get back. And I think there's like five questions that are dedicated to each of the six areas and you get scored basically in each of the six aspects that gets monitored and tracked by EOS. So you get feedback on, okay, do people understand your vision? Are your processes clear? Are you good at solving issues? Do you have the right people in the right seats within your organization? you know, is it all adding up so that people know what they're supposed to be doing on a daily basis? In other words, that's kind of the ultimate one that's called traction, right? So yep, yep. you get scores on all these things and you get really good feedback on what areas of the business as a leader or a management <laughs> member of the management team you need to work on and fix. So attraction uh, by Gino Wickman is the author Correct. of that. And, and that's uh, right. so, all right. So I actually did it and I did it, I think originally by myself. But you're saying bring bring your team in there, and I get the management team. But if you don't have a management team, you're having your 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 just your basic team, your your employees or your team members do that. And what's the what's the purpose there? What was the reason behind that? Is just because you just see some really fascinating on what they think versus what you think? Well, right. I mean, if you're operating as the company leader or whatever your role is in the company in a vacuum, kind of breathing your own fumes, what good is that? You might think, oh, hey, I've got this particular issue or this particular got aspect it. of the company nailed, but your your staff or your people are the ones who are really going to give you the feedback and grade you, if you will, as the leader of the organization. Yeah. So, so if you do it by yourself, you can kind of cheat in a way, right? Oh, I think I do this really well, but your people, because sure. yeah. what is it if... Uh, if they think it's one way, then it really is that way, right? Because yeah. uh, perception is reality, so to speak. That's right. And they're the ones you're trying to motivate daily. So there's yeah. a, again, if you organize, if you Google EOS organizational checkup, right? You'll, a link will pop up. You, takes like two minutes to start an account with EOS. It's free. You put in the emails of the people you want to include in the survey. It could even be two or three people. You know, I, I send it to 12, right? Wow, okay. And then tell them, hey, I want this back by this date. And then you're, just watch the watch the information flow in, right? That's pretty <laughs> neat. And I bet you there yeah. are some, I bet you everybody gets a couple of surprises. Now, you've been doing it for a while, so you probably have less and less surprises. But uh, you do that the first couple of times. I'm sure you get some good surprises from your uh, from your team. Yeah, one of the ones that, 
I'm always shocked on because this is one of those ones where I think I was breathing my own fumes. Uh, was, <laughs> I love I never heard that, by the way. I'm going to start I, using that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's all kinds of other ones. That I won't, you know, there aren't, aren't good. Maybe, maybe not appropriate for a narco, yeah, right, right? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> don't, don't vision, be appropriate right? for the property management brainstorm, but not for not for the NARPA podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I have a really clear vision. And it's in my head, right? I know the vision. Why doesn't everybody else? But that was one area of the organizational checkup we were always kind of downgraded on. It's like, I don't get it. Where are we going? What are we trying to be? Who are we trying to be? What is it that, you know, where are we headed as an organization? And that's, that was really eye-opening to me that I need to do a better job kind of on a day in and day out basis on a regular basis, explaining to people, okay, here's where we're going. Cause if yeah. you can't explain that quickly, kind of in the elevator pitch, then nobody's going to follow you. So I've been taught that you have to say something seven times before somebody hears it. Mm-hmm. And so we would have company meetings every month and every month I would go over the vision, the mission, the culture, and, and I would literally over and over and over. And, and finally people got it, <laughs> but yeah. the first like, you know, seven, eight times I would, I would literally, you know, have a quiz. Okay. What's our core values. And I'd get, have a hold up a $25 gift card. Who can tell me our core values? And the first few times, no one could tell me. Yeah. Then of course they they caught on and then I would do it and I would put the credit I would put the money back in my pocket say good job, <laughs> just yeah, kidding just kidding and I would give them the, I'd give them the gift card <laughs> and then it was almost a gunpoint you know they could recite it right for like the elevator the elevator pitch that's right all right let's move on here number four so you've got your input you've got your plan right well then everybody needs to be held accountable right so all companies need goals I think you know if you don't set goals for your people you're really missing out on something that can be not only really inspiring for your people and be a way to push all the right buttons to work on those issues that are identified through, you know, these other things that you're doing. So, you know, some people call these KPIs, right? That's a big, that's a big thing in this industry to call them key performance indicators. If you're into EOS, they're called rocks. Some people do the smart goal thing, right? Specific, yep. measurable, achievable, time bound, all that kind of stuff. Yep. In the old days, we called them MBOs. Remember that? Management by objectives. You know, you'd always oh, get no. It's, okay. <laughs> Management by objectives. That was uh, from my MBA. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I mean, everybody should have goals in a company, in my mind. And this is a time of year to do that. Q1, right? Put them in place. Yep. Track them regularly. My whole team has a one-on-one with their supervisor every single week, right? And they talk about their goals, how they're doing towards that. And then we evaluate them at the end of the quarter. And we call them kind of, we call call them rocks. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. And I'm going to hold this up because we're on video, but I have these stones that I had engraved and it says, (laughs) I love it. You rock, right? Yeah. If you're not not watching, you listen and he's got a a stone, which engraved with his, um, it says you rock and it's got, it's got his logo on there and it is slick. That is pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. cool. And then I got this little quote on the back by this philosopher named Jacob Riss. I don't know if you've ever heard this. The Stonecutter, you ever heard this? I I haven't. Let's let's hear Uh, it. Can I read it to you? Okay. Absolutely. This is what it says on the back. A stonecutter hammering at his rock a hundred times without a crack showing. Yet, at the 101st blow, it splits into two. And it was not the last blow that did it, but all that had gone in before. Wow. So it's kind of cool, right? And thanking people for all the hard work they put in to achieve their goals all throughout the course of the quarter. And so we got folks who have been at the company for a while, have these little Zen gardens, you know, kind of piling up <laughs> and these rock piles on their, on their desks. So, it's kind of cool. so uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about those key, key performance indicators or the goals mm-hmm. for the, for the, mm-hmm. for the folks. And, and I look at, I equate KPIs, um, right? Because at the beginning of the year, everybody has these measurables, especially like health and fitness wise, personally, right? Sure. Everybody says, okay, it's the new year and, you know, insert goal here. I want to lose 10 pounds, 15% body fat. I'm going to start doing a thousand pushups a week. I'm going to do the hard 75, whatever it is, right? And what I have found that personally, and professionally with creating KPIs for, for job roles is that a lot of times we have, we, we either inflate the number or deflate the number depending on what you want the goal to be. And it's, it's not really achievable. It's achievable long-term, but short-term it's not. So for example, let's say I I say I want to lose 25 pounds, right? But really it should be, I want to lose two pounds this over the next two weeks. Like, and, and so you can't lose 25 pounds unless you lose the first two pounds. And I can't, let's say, for example, on the business side, let's say, for example, may, I'm looking at maintenance and I'm looking at work orders over 
15 days and I want to do a percentage. I want it, I want it down to 10%. But right now it's at 48%. Well, I can't make the KPI 10%. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to get from 48 to 10. I have to make the KPI 45% or 40% and you work it down. Do you, do you do the same thing until you actually hit the number that you want? Or do you actually say, hey, this is the number that we want to get to, 10%. And as long as we're making headway towards that goal, we're, we're, you're hitting your rock. Does that, does that make well, sense? It does. Yeah, it depends who it is, right? And what okay. position they have in the company. Remember, I said everybody in this company, even, you know, the administrative level, they have their goals, right? Yeah. So their goals are going to be a lot more functional in nature than sort of, oh gosh, how do I want to say it? Maybe operationally, you know, in nature. And so some of the operational goals do have to stretch. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, right? So we explained to everybody that, look, if you don't hit these goals or these KPIs, it doesn't mean you're going to get fired. Some people, some people though have income attached to it, right? Bonus structure attached to it. So it really, really depends. Like it's a, a great PM, idea, by you know, the way. He gets, yeah. he gets KPI'd on door count, right? And what he hits every month. I mean, that's just the, that's just the nature of the beast. And so it really depends upon what it is. It was interesting. I was listening to this Brene Brown podcast recently, and I can't remember the, the name of the guy who was on her show, but he was like, yeah, I don't set goals for the year, right? I focus on my process. <laughs> you know, so instead of to man after my own lose, heart, <laughs> I love yeah, processes. Right? So <laughs> instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to lose 25 pounds, you know, well, I'm going to eat more healthy and I'm going to stick to these processes. And then if I do all those things and I do it the right way and I commit to that the goal, then, I'm, then the pounds are just going to fly off. Right. And yeah. so there's some truth to that as well. You have to back it up with making sure they're realistic through the processes you have in your company. Yeah. Yeah. And, to me, like you have the goal, the goal is great, but if you don't have the plan, you never hit the goal, right? What is it, exactly. the old saying? Right. A, a goal without a plan is a dream, I think it is, something like that. And, yeah. and so, so I, yeah, so the goal is there, and then you have the plan to hit the goal, and that's the, to me, that's the processes, right? Yeah, for and sure. So, but, you know, you're right, Pete. I mean, the, the KPIs, your SMART goals, whatever they are, whatever it rocks, they have to be achievable, because if they're not, then it's just like, you know, what's the point of this? You know, I'm not going to hit these, right? So. Right. They have to be achievable and maybe it's in incremental stages, either monthly or quarterly until you can get to the, you know, get to the level that you want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. My last one, I think, right. Is that right? Are we on the last one? Yeah. Is I always do a kickoff meeting, right? A launch meeting. Every and day? No, no, no. Once okay. a year. Okay. <laughs> or maybe twice a year. Right? Okay. But this time oh. of year. Remember this uh. is. So this is number five of the five. All we, we, we skipped ahead and did number five, uh, I think, second. But this is the last one. And I do it every year. And this is where I share all this stuff. I share as much as I can about the plan. You know, I'm not going to get into sharing profits and all that. But I do track our metrics, you know, our, our obviously our door count, our where we are in terms of the broader metrics that are averages you find in the property management industry as a whole, our churn rate, you know, all these kind of things we cover. Mm -hmm. And then also there's typically a theme attached and organizational chart, who does what, all these kind of things. And I do this thing every year also that I like to, to share. I call it accomplishments and disappointments. Very simple. Kind of like the Ben Franklin list on the left-hand side. It's like, hey, looking back at 2021, here's all the things that we accomplished as a team. You know, you guys rocked your goals, <laughs> right? You got yeah. these Zen gardens now forming. Here I love that because people like to, people forget how much got, has gotten accomplished in a year. Totally. I get blown away every single year. I'm all, oh my God, I forgot about that. And I'm going back through people's goals and I'm looking back through emails to put, put it together. And it's like, some of these things are extremely significant to what the company performance, you know, finally was at the end of the year. And then the right-hand side is like disappointments. And typically they're things that we tried to do, but just didn't quite get there for a variety of reasons. Right. Right. And those sometimes become the goals for the, for the, for the next year, year. The disappointments. Yeah. Now you said you have a theme. Tell me what that, what that looks like. And is the theme the whole year or is the theme quarterly or well, what, what, exa good. what is an example of a theme? Great question. So we had some personnel issues last year. We had a couple of people that were in the company that were kind of negative and brought the team down a bit at times. And we corrected that. Right. Being and negative bodies. people in property management industry? I've never I've never <laughs> heard that one before. That's so that's a new one. How'd you solve that? <laughs> well, we had to we had, you know, we had to correct it, right? We had some yeah. turnover on our team and brought in some new people. And this team, 
I think is really good and really energetic. And so it was all about the team at this kickoff meeting. We had it just a couple of weeks ago. And so the theme was together we can, right? Nice. We can do this together. But here are the aspects of what it takes to be a good team, what it takes to be a good, good team member. And we broke off into little groups and we talked about what it meant to be a team member. And we interviewed each other and brought it back. And we spent about an hour on it. Just that one topic. Wow. What, what is it being a team and what's great about being a team? And it was, it was really cool. Really fun too. We learned a lot about each other for sure. Your kickoff meeting, is it a full day, a couple hours? How long, how typically long is it? It's usually two to three hours. Okay. Right? This okay. one was, was, this one was three hours. We spent an hour just on the team building stuff. Right. And it wasn't this right. funky stuff like, you know, oh, well, you know, what, what's your spirit animal, that kind right. of stuff. I mean, I know we're going to do a lightning round here in a minute, but it was. <laughs> Maybe I'll, about, I'm, hey, I'm going to add that one into the uh, lightning round. What's your spirit yeah. animal? <laughs> right. It was really about, hey, what, what does it mean to be a good teammate? And what can I do to, to fulfill my expectations you have of me? You know, it's kind of that kind of stuff. Man, that's great. Really, that, really that starts building trust. And, and that's the big thing, mm -hmm. right? You got to be able to trust your teammates. If you don't have to, if you can't trust your teammates, then you have to build a lot of CYA or a lot of notifications, which gets kind of, which is kind of old and daunting and you miss stuff. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And so then we ended the end of the meeting with, okay, now that's what we did last year. Here's what we're doing this year. So we got into projections and forecast and door count growth and all that kind of stuff. And then what we're expecting from each person for the year. Right. And we, then we went right into goals for Q1. So I like that kind of stuff. You know, it's meant to be educational. It's meant to be transparent to the extent that you're willing to and that you can be as, you know, yeah. the company owner. I think this is, you know, like, look, if you're a property manager and you don't own the company, you're not going to do a kickoff, right? <laughs> but you could with your team. I was going to say, that's the, kind of what I was thinking, right? You could with your yeah. team. And because, you know, depending on how the property manager runs their little team and their business, they are a business unit inside the property management company in lots of cases. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're like, even if you're the uh, maintenance team or the, you know, the inside sales team or whatever it is, you, you might have a supervisor. Hey, let's go do a little launch meeting just for our team, right? Whatever yeah. that takes and, yeah. and do some of these exercises. So that's it. That's my top five. I like it, man. That's a, I learned quite a, quite a bit. A couple of things that I didn't do for one, the, the kickoff <laughs> yeah. meeting I always did cause I do the EOS or I did EOS and we had the management team do the two day offsite in December. And then we would do, you know, we would do monthly company meetings and we'd be pretty open with it, but to create like the goals with the whole team and, and to go into what the, what the goals are moving forward and, and, and really, you know, talking about all the accomplishments, that's a big one because man, people just love to hear that stuff. And it just, it just energized the team because you don't realize how much you're doing. You just, you're just getting, you know, you're in the grind every day, especially your team. And they're getting beat up on a daily basis. This is a thankless job, right? Tenants never call you to say, hey, I just want to say thank you, right? Owner, uh, owners never call you to say, hey, yeah. man, I just want to say you're doing great, right? Yeah. And so it's good to hear some great news and where things are going. Yeah, and taking time for that recognition is something that a lot of us in this industry, it doesn't come naturally, right? To your point. It's just mm -hmm. like taking, but so important to your team, taking time to recognize, you know, the accomplishments, who did what, uh, give those rocks out you know, and celebrate it a little bit. Awesome. All right. We're going to be right back more with Bob Preston here in a minute. We're just going to take a quick commercial break. And then we're going to come back for the lightning round. Yeah. Uh, ready for the lightning round? Wait. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. 
we have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Welcome back. I'm here with Bob Preston with North County Property Group out in California, Del Mar, California, which I've never been. Is that a suburb of San Diego, I'm assuming? It's not a suburb. It's its own city just north of San Diego. Okay. Famous for its beaches here. I don't know if you can see all the way to the beach out my window. Also for thoroughbred racing. Oh, okay. We had the Breeders' Cup this year. That was kind of a big deal. All right. All right. Bob, are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. Bring it. All right. I'm going to bring it. So the lightning round, I'm just going to ask you a series of quick questions. It's not, they shouldn't be super thought-provoking. One, one word answers or just a sentence or two. But if you want to uh, expand on something, let's go do it. Okay, here we go. What property management software do you use? Upfolio. Oh, actually, we use two. We also have vacation rentals. Okay. And going to be careful here, but... Folio isn't our preference for vacation rentals, really tough. So I use another property management software for the vacation rental business called Kigo. Kigo. Oh, I know who they, I know who that is. That's RealPage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your current organizational structure? Team or squad is how I would describe it. So we're organized functionally by departments, departmental. Right. There's all kinds of different terms, right? Yep. Yep. That's Departmental. Just curious, how many how many units do you guys manage? I know you do single family and you do some multifamily. How many units overall? Yeah, I don't like talking about that, but I'll tell you it's in the hundreds, multiple okay. of hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know typically what I'm finding is as you grow, your structure has to change. Right. Sure. So you start off portfolio, maybe hybrid, then you kind of go to departmental is what I'm finding. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Do you use virtual assistants? We do. All right. And we're going to talk more, a lot more about that on your podcast, That's right? right? Yeah. Um, do you have salespeople or BDMs? We do. We okay. have a great one. She's yeah. kicking, he's kicking it this year too. Off to a good start. Not already. Awesome. Yeah. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in the PM business? Wow. Be patient. Take your time. If you try to do things too quickly, it can be gut wrenching, you know? So just make sure you have patience. You're in it for the long haul. And don't expect it to happen overnight. Those are, those are, those are sage words, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I would say that to any new business owner, patience. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Does pineapple belong on pizza? I don't think so. I'm kind of the meat and veggie guy. Fruit, <laughs> fruit doesn't belong. Although I guess tomatoes are a fruit. So I like tomatoes on pizza. All right. What book are you currently reading or one that has impacted your business or life? Ah, yeah, that's a really good question. I just got this from some folks in the industry. It's called We Secret Shopped You. <laughs> okay. Have you heard of this? No, I've you not. Seen this one yet? No. Who, who's the yeah, author? By, I don't know who they are, Dylan O'Neill and Mike O'Neill. And they secret shopped over 3,000 property management companies in the country, in the United States, and they wrote a book about it. And now, so it's pretty enlightening. It's pretty I'll, cool. That is, okay, that's yeah. great. Yeah, like it was that. published in, um, I think, in the year 2021. So it's relatively current. It's relatively new, yeah. We and it's an easy read. So, yeah, okay. you should check it out. I, I think I will. What Disney character do you most associate with? Oh, my God. It's got to be Goofy. <laughs> right? I love that guy. <laughs> uh, why does Goofy talk but Pluto does? Anyway, that's a whole other story. All right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> At least my kids would probably call me Goofy. I don't know. <laughs> 
What is one challenge you're currently facing in your business? Boy, I think it's not just currently, but constantly. And that's making sure you've got the right people in the right seats in your organization and making sure they stay on, stay on track along with, you know, having some personnel issues over the past year. Also notice some course drifting a little bit, you know, if you don't stay on it, like it's people start to, by nature, I think kind of start to drift off course and that course correction is super important. So got to yeah. do it sooner than later. Yes, correct. Other than the NARPM podcast or the property management brainstorm, what's another podcast that you would recommend? Oh my gosh. Well, I told you I listened to Brene Brown. So there you go. I like her podcast. I can't remember the name of it. She's a fellow um, Houstonian, right? I think she's from Houston. Like, like is she? Uh, yeah, okay. I yeah. She's I mean, a, she's got a good one and I, 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 I listen to it pretty regularly. All right. Which do you prefer dogs or cats? Oh, dogs all the way. Dogs yeah, all the way. Sure. All right. We have both. We have both, but I prefer my dog. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have both and it's, as my wife talks to me, it's my dog and her cat, right? <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, Bob, thank you so much for uh, for being part of the uh, Narpham Radio podcast. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, can you give us give us your contact info? Yeah, sure. The website is ncpropertygroup.com. NC as in North County, ncpropertygroup.com. I'm Bob at ncpropertygroup.com. And uh, you can also find me on the chapter leader or the board and officers of NARPM website this year. If you're a member, you can go there, find me that way too. There's a NARPM address, which I can't remember right off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, Bob at ncpropertygroup.com and you can find me there and, and yeah. And ncpropertymanagementgroup.com slash property management brainstorm. Oh, NC property group, NC property forward slash property management brainstorm. Okay. I was hoping I got the property manager brainstorm right. And I forgot the first part. That's okay. Yeah. And NC property group.com. And there's a, there's a link on the top nav bar to the podcast. And you do a lot of speaking. So if anybody's interested in hearing you speak or, or want to get you on their podcast, uh, reach out to Bob. He's been super helpful to me in setting this podcast up. So just want to thank you for that, Bob, let all the members know that you actually were doing the podcast and then bid off even more with the RVP role. And so, so then you literally laid out the blueprint for me on how to do this. And I've taken pretty much all of your advice on, on how to set this up. So thank you for that. Well, you're doing a great job. I was just kind of helping out, right? You've kind of taken it to the next level and it's uh, really, really admirable and you're doing a great job. So keep it going. You got some good guests coming on too. And if you are interested in joining NARPM, go to uh, narpum.org. So not .com, but narpum.org or call the good folks at NARPM at 800-782-3452. And if you are interested in virtual team members, please check us out at VPM Virtual Property Management, vpmsolutions.com. And I thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org. 